everyone, and welcome back to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If you are joining us for the very first time, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aviation maintenance. Our goal is to give a peek behind the curtain of aviation maintenance, give some laughs, and impart some wisdom that will hopefully give some reprieve in your day and prevent mishaps. I am your co-host, Six. I'm MVP. And our third host, Shoreline is in the back silently making sure all our audio is good to go and our faces stay meant for radio. <laughs> uh, for today, we are joined by two amazing guests. Our first guest is a licensed mental health therapist who specializes in aviation mental health, prior to which she has worked with veterans and serving people in the criminal justice system. She is a frequent guest of Horizon Air's Human Factors class and Fun fact, her favorite vegetable is cheese. <laughs> Please welcome Cora, the aviation therapist. Welcome aboard, Cora. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Thank welcome. You. Cheese. Wait, wait, yep. Cheese is a vegetable? Yes. It is oh, today. Figure yep. that out. <laughs> <laughs> and our second guest is a registered dietitian and a licensed diet, dietitian nutritionist. She is affiliated with such groups as the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. And she is the owner of True Course Nutrition, which helps many aviators and other aviation specialists meet their dietary needs without undue sacrifices. Uh, she's here to bust many myths about our food and mood. She is no, also known as the aviation dietitian. Uh, please welcome Jill, the pilot nutritionist. Welcome aboard, Jill. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, Thank welcome. you so much. <laughs> I, I will say uh, this was uh, happened pre-show that our conversations have already been mind-blowing to us me specifically. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there'll be many more mind-blowing occurrences throughout the episode for both ourselves and our listeners. Uh, not to op- oversimplify today's episode, uh, our topic today with the aid of our two experts here is mood and food. <laughs> um, we released an episode a couple of weeks ago about diet and health where MVP and myself more or less bared it out for the whole masses about how our less than adequate healthy choices have caught up with us. If you haven't listened to that episode, please definitely check it out. And you'll hear more today just how uh, how misunderstood a lot of that stuff is uh, between the two experts here. <laughs> so now there's been a lot of uh, mental health and nutrition, gut health uh, studies out there. Um, and how the two of them are connected together, let's say that much. Uh, ladies, um, do you feel that there's a strong correlation between our moods and the way we feel and the foods that we actually eat? Absolutely. I'll speak a little bit and then I'll toss it to you, Jill, if that's okay. Sounds great. Great. So, yeah, um, you know, I always joke that, you know, you have a second brain in your gut Um, specifically when working on my end with folks, sometimes that's, you know, one of the first places I start because our body will start to react, you know, maybe to some mental health symptoms before our brain has, you know, the, the right vocabulary to understand kind of what we're going through. And so when I'm, you know, doing an intake or getting to know someone, one of the first questions I ask is, Hey, how's like your diet been, you know, have you been able to like enjoy your favorite foods? Um, and then if, 
they kind of answer, well, actually, no, like my appetite has been curbed a little bit, or I have been getting more frequent stomach aches, then that's where it's good to kind of take a step back. Um, and that's where, you know, folks like Jill come in is, you know, I'll work in the cranium and then she has the knowledge for that gut. But sometimes our gut is actually one of the first things on my end that can let me know as a therapist that, you know, maybe my client isn't doing so hot. Agreed. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before, but within your small intestine, there are trillions and trillions of gut bacteria that live. And so for a lot of times, when you find someone that is having mental health issues, it is because of the lack of gut bacteria. So the gut bacteria actually chew up all the fiber. So think about if you eat an apple, an apple has a lot of fiber to it. That fiber goes into the gut the bacteria eat it, and then they send up all of those signals to your neurons to make your brain function better. So the folks that come to me that don't eat any fruits and vegetables, guess what? They don't have any bacteria or very little bacteria in their small intestine, and they may end up having some issues that they're working through. So, you know, the quality of your diet is directly correlated to the quality of your mental health. Would you agree with that, Cora? Oh, absolutely. Which is, you know, like I said, that's one of the first places to start because as, you know, a practitioner, I can only go so far with someone in the, in their brain if they're not, you know, getting adequate rest or adequate nutrition. And so, you know, that is definitely one of the foundations that I like to check in with folks is, you know, are you eating enough to eating enough and eating the right things and resting enough that, you know, the things that I teach are going to stick for longer and we're going to have a better success rate. I obviously understand that it's not as easy as just, you know, eating more right away, but that is definitely um, a place to start and informs me of, you know, how far we can get or how to approach the situation. Yep. So um, with that said, like say, with the foods you eat, because we mentioned like there's bacteria in that, that eat all the fiber, say like you eat apples and stuff. Are there some foods that can induce or aggravate stress? Like say if someone's like having some mental health issues or they're not feeling so uh, as up as they normally would, if they eat certain foods, would that uh, aggravate the issue? Absolutely. So, so if someone's already stressed and they're taking in a lot of caffeine, that will cause a lot more stressful situations because it increases all the additional functions of the body. You know, so think about if you're stressed and you're living on coffee. I have lots of folks that just live on coffee and don't eat any meals all day. What happens? They end up having irritable bowel syndrome or loose stools or, you know, all kinds of other issues because they're not taking in the food. Um, someone that might be um, eating, and I'm sorry to pick on you, Cora. So cheese, <laughs> you know, we love cheese. We love cheese, but there are some cheeses that are highly fermented. So think about like a gorgonzola or a blue cheese. Um, they sometimes might affect people in strange ways if you eat a large amount of it because of the aging properties with the cheese. So yeah, there, there are definitely certain foods that you have to watch and um, if you're more stressed at certain times, you don't want to cause the body even more stress to where it just goes haywire and then you're down for the count. Interesting. So 
So when you guys are asking your questions to a new client or whatever, and you're asking about, you know, the diet, how, you know, and how they can, so you can tie in with the brain or, or help fix their uh, diet or whatever. Is there specific foods that you hear the most common of, or uh, ones that make you go, Oh my gosh, we have to, we have to make a hard right to fix this immediately. Or otherwise there's going to be, you know, X amount of, you know, repercussions for it. Cora, do you want to comment uh, on I'll that first? Stay with what mm-hmm. I know, you know, like mm-hmm. water, I'd say is, you know, I'm staying in my lane, but like water is one that like can definitely lead to a lot of things. So that's probably where I start with. Um, I'm like, I'm not a nutritionist, so I do try to, you know, not speak on too much of that. But, you know, water really impacts our brain, the ability for it to rest when we do, you know, lay down and go to sleep. So that's definitely something where I'm like, whoa, like, oh, you only drink like, you know, three bangs and a Mountain Dew. Okay, well, let's try to not do that as much or, you know, continue that, but maybe add some water. So for me, like hydration is probably, you know, where I'm like, whoa, let's get some more water in you. So to tie into that like, real quick, sorry, I was just going to say, you know, for a lot of people who have a desk job, um, sometimes you don't think about water because you're not up moving around a whole awful lot. So do you have any advice of like, what to do to make yourself maybe try to drink more when you're not exerting as much energy or sweating. Yeah. I'll say one, and I'm sure Jill has some, um, it's pretty juvenile, but like get a fun water bottle, like get something that either has like a nozzle that you like. Um, like I really like camelbacks cause you kind of have to like bite it to get it. Um, you know, if, if you like drinking from a straw, like get that, if that's, you know, what kind of makes the difference also, um, like the rise in like carbonated water has been really cool to see it kind of, you know, moving soda aside and getting more people aware of that, just kind of find something that you're excited about, even if it's like putting stickers on a water bottle you like and having it on your desk or, you know, a sparkly cup with like a cool straw. I agree. I was I was going to say the same thing. So a straw, okay, okay. a fun <laughs> bottle, um, it, you know, thinking about having something in your vision. So if you're sitting at a desk all day, lining it up beforehand. So when I teach people about nutrition, I usually um, teach them about, you know, visual aspects. So sitting at a desk, maybe you want to have two or three different bottles, two or three different flavors so that you don't get bored. Basic water is pretty boring. Why not add some fruit to it? Or maybe, you know, crush up some different flavors, put put some Mio or something in it. I'm I'm really big on electrolytes as well um, because a lot of us, you know, are incessantly sweating and we really don't realize it. Even when you're sitting at a desk, you're sweating, um, stressful situations. So putting some electrolytes in your water causes the thirst, thirst mechanism to turn on and causes you to drink more. So I'm always thinking about that with, with hydration. Um, going off the other aspect you guys were asking about, you know, what what else would I go down the list of? So yeah, number one, almost every single person that I've worked with in the past in aviation is severely dehydrated. Uh, you hear lots of situations about blood pressure. You know, it's the number one reason why airline pilots fail their medicals. Um, you could probably sit in a room tomorrow with some of your colleagues and and hear dozens of folks that are on blood pressure medications, probably prematurely because they're just dehydrated. So number one is definitely fluids. Number two is um, because of the the aviation 
community and the busyness of it, um, I hear a lot of folks like living on protein bars and protein shakes. And I think about, you know, especially for maintenance who are probably listening to this podcast right now, uh, a protein bar, a protein shake never kept you from getting sick. It doesn't really have any vitamins in it. You know, cows don't have vitamins in them. So you have to think about that in the aspect of if you want to live a long life, what are you putting in your body and how is it going to fuel you for the future? So I kind of always go down that that aspect of like looking, you know, what's the number one thing that they're putting in most of the day? And you do hear, I had a protein shake, I had a protein bar, I had another protein bar, I had another protein shake. So then I'm like, okay, they're, how long are these people going to live living on all these processed packaged foods? That that's exactly me when I was in my twenties. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's like the the three bangs. Yep, that's or not bangs, but it was a uh, it was Jolt. Uh, I don't know if anyone oh, remembers yeah. that. So, so mm-hmm. It was Jolt. It was yeah, Red Bull. Yeah. It was all oh, the yeah. all, all the red lines. Uh, may, maybe a Coke in there. <laughs> the protein what bars. Were the ones, the, what were the one six we had in the over in the Middle East? Uh, uh, oh, the Rippets. The Rippets. Oh my yep. gosh, Rippets. Oh, Rippets yep. got you through the war. <laughs> So yeah. I didn't realize this uh, going <clears throat> off tangent here. Like, so the Rippets MVP and I had, they were like these short stubby ones, like the, mm-hmm. like the Sprite cans you see at a, for kids at a kid's section. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had another guest some time ago. Um, it was a uh, remote AMT. He told us they sell like full sized cans in like family yeah. dollar stores. I didn't, but oh. like, there's yeah. full size cans of this. They do. <laughs> I mean, don't, I got, don't go get them. Don't go get them. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, obviously can now anymore. Anyway, especially yeah. the way things are going, and, and especially when you said like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, uh, aviation uh, aviation specialists and pilots, they normally say, oh, I ate protein bars or I ate uh, mm-hmm. protein shakes or drank protein shakes. I'm sorry. It's like that's 100 percent true because that's every mm-hmm. <laughs> every um uh, every shop that I know of has at least two giant uh cans of protein mix some type of protein mix and there's always at least a couple of individuals who have another can of pre-workout powder and Mm. i don't know when this became a trend and i think it's probably one of the the one things i've never really uh, got on the train about is some people will take these protein powders and or not protein but the pre-workout powders and just take it raw like Oh, they, won't, no. they won't mix. They won't mix it in water. So, They'll just take a scoop and just pound, they just take mm-hmm. it down by itself. I'm like, why? Yeah, <laughs> why? That, that's TikTok. That's what TikTok has done for us. Is you know all those crazy like, try this challenge, do this, do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, you're uh, not going to eat coffee grounds raw, are you? So why would you be taking pre workout raw? I don't understand it. I mean, cinnamon I, challenge for those of you that remember that yes yes oh i mean my gosh. i think coffee grounds raw i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean it wasn't by choice it was just kind of like well do you want this caffeine or not like this <sighs> is okay. better than snorting it so i guess we'll take it. this is true this is very true and i've seen many of aircraft mechanics who have snorted those both oh pre-workout God. got coffee grounds and um and all, all sorts of things you're not supposed to put up your nose. I'm like, oh my gosh. why? <laughs> like, but we found out, like, uh, some of us are finding out sooner than others that that's probably not a great decision. And we're, uh, you mentioned that as of right now, like, we're taking uh, 
preemptive meds, probably pre- or taking medications for it, probably prematurely because of uh, not being one hundred percent familiar with what either mm-hmm. of those for your gut, your gut, and your mental health are are for. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, we. There's been a lot of like misunderstandings as far as good food versus bad food, good diets versus bad diets. <laughs> uh, can you bust some myths a little bit about these good and bad uh, foods or diets? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the first thing is, I you know, as a dietitian, the dietitian says diet right in it, but I don't believe in diets at all because, you know, most people will go on a so-called diet and then they might lose a lot of weight or improve, you know, their mental status or their health or, you know, a realm of things. But as soon as they get off of it, you know, think about people going on keto. Um, Keto is cutting out carbs. What are you going to do when you have a, a couple children at home that want birthday cake. Are you going to not have the birthday cake? Uh, No, you're probably going to binge on the birthday cake because you didn't have it for several months. So I just, I, I clearly do not believe in diets at all. I think that there's um, every type of food for every type of situation. And it's just how you use the food along with your body. You know, so for instance, when we're talking about mental health today, um, People find it very funny when they work with me and I say, oh, if you're staying at the Doubletree Hotel, you definitely want to have that Doubletree cookie. It, it brings you good memories. You think about the Doubletree and that's the first thing you think about is the cookie that they give you, that warm cookie when you're going to your lonely hotel room at night by yourself. So I, I just I hear time and time again, people come in my DMs all the time and ask me about all of these different diets. And that's the first thing I'm like, just don't do any diets, just Eat the food you love, eat it in normal port. You know, if you don't know portion sizes, learn portion sizes, because that's usually where it gets out of control is the portion sizes. Huh. <laughs> that's really interesting. Um, so uh, I guess this is for both of you or whoever can answer first. Like uh, we've hear a lot of times about comfort eating, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, am I I'm feeling stressed? I'm feeling depressed. I'm having, having a... Uh, a lapse in a traumatic experience. So I would have some type of comfort food or some type of, um, uh, of an outlet. And sometimes that we call it, a like, uh, like stress eating. Right. Um, uh, well, uh, I was going, I was going really good. And I kind of lost myself for a second because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm attacking myself at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell um, all your secrets. Tell them all. <laughs> so like, say like with stress eating or eating comfort food, is that, uh, uh, is having that is that more of a mental response or is that kind of like a uh, like a gut response right like uh i'm not feeling so great so i want some i want something to kind of mellow me out and what's the is doing that actually terrible for you or you want to answer this one no i feel like I remember talking to you about yeah. this on Halloween yeah. when I was the one who yes. switched um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, I am, um, I'm a big fan of comfort foods. I think, you know, food, I think that's where people get into trouble is that they think that, you know, food is just for nourishing your body, but it's also for nourishing your mental health. So, you know, just exactly the example, you know, the example that Cora mentioned, Halloween, Um, You have memories around certain foods. You know, for me, 
as a child, it was M&Ms. You know, anytime I got stressed out, I had I had my little bag full of M&Ms and I ate them one by one and I looked at the colors and I remembered, you know, how they taste and how they felt in my mouth. And I just think it's really important to have comfort foods, um, especially for you guys, you know, at, as um, airline mechanics, you're, you're under a very stressful time. You know, you're meeting deadlines. You're trying to get, get the planes fixed so that the passengers can get back in the air. You're going to need foods that are going to, um, help fuel you through that process of that that stressful environment so I always embrace emotional eating I know it sounds crazy but I'll give you an example before I got on this call I was um I was talking to a client and you know her her workload is super busy right now you know there's all these storms around the United States and all kinds of cancellations and things going on and I asked her I said what what is it exactly that you're gravitating towards? And she said, oh my gosh, I'm going towards like pita chips and tortilla chips. And, and I said, well, exactly, because you're stressed. You you want those hard, crunchy things because you've got this massive amount of stress in your body right now. You can't really go and run it out or work it out or yell or scream because you're around all these passengers. So you're just, you know, you're using your jaw to basically beat out all of this stress. So I teach everyone that I work with to embrace the stress through food. I think it's totally normal and natural. That's what I um, do as well is when I, if someone's coming to me at like, you know, maybe they have like a really stressful day, maybe they're doing, you know, recurrent training or have a check ride. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you can't control any of the outside things, but let's try and put like a bright spot in your day. What's your favorite food? That's always one of the first questions I ask if I'm making like a self-care plan is let's start with that um, to kind of continue off of what Jill is saying. Uh, what can you pack in your lunchbox or like DoorDash or put in your desk that you're going to like look forward to? And I kind of treat that as like a sacred time you know, during the day when I'm working with folks on self-care and self-preservation. Sacred time. Sacred time. <laughs> with like your favorite food. It's a very intimate moment. <laughs> mm, uh, I mean, uh, pretty, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly picturing that because that, that's more or less like how I feel when I actually do have a, a quality time with the food I actually want. Right. Cause yeah, we've, uh, yeah. Uh, you guys hit the nail on the head on that. Like a lot of uh, individuals, especially a lot of trends, let's call that, where they say either um, like food is just fuel for the body. And you hear this a lot with uh, many avid athletes, let's say that, where like they say like they eat like uh, plain brown rice, plain uh, white chicken or uh -huh. just Broccoli. whatever. It, it, it looks terrible. It looks yeah. terrible. It probably tastes terrible. And some of them have even uh, recollected that it is terrible. And um, you could just see their mi the misery in their eyes when they eat it. But then there, a lot of people follow what they say because, I mean, let's face it, they're buff. Like they're huge. They're buff. They they win trophies and all this and that. But um, I'm just looking at some of them. I'm like, Man, that just that just looks terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you 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 look great, uh, great. But uh, I'm sure, like at some points, you probably just beat your head on the wall because, I mean. That just looks looks bad. Now, say like someone who uh, who stress eats a lot, like um, uh, they like have me. That's why I was getting ready to jump in and say, I was like, well, how about somebody who stress eats, who eats their emotions? That's that's me to a T. 
that was my <laughs> me as well. Like, uh, so like yeah, like like us, we like uh, like us, and I'm sure a lot of air tech, aircraft technicians out there they they stress eat as a means to kind of soothe themselves. Like, um, we have been told that uh, doing a lot of that uh, is not good for you. So uh, I think uh, what I'm gonna say is like. How do I how do I make that good for me both fit mentally and physically? Yeah, Jill, I think this is this is a you question. Uh, I think it's you too. So so one um, stress eating. Usually, how I teach stress eating is um, exactly what you guys were talking about earlier. Is you know don't don't spend your days eating boring plain brown rice and plain broccoli and boring chicken breast. Get get the foods you love, have the sauces, portion them out though, you know, know, know what your body needs and when it needs it. If you're eating the same old boring thing every day, then you're going to end up wanting more and you're going to go looking for more. Absolutely. Um, so with that, with stress eating, usually what I say is, you know, find, find out what, what is that food? Is it uh, Captain Crunch? Is it potato chips is it ice cream um kind of like Cora said in the beginning you know with the water bottle find find a nice um enjoyable bowl or a container and portion it out and then you know maybe your stress eating happens when you're by yourself and you really just want to be present you know with what your feelings are so like maybe you had a really bad day at work things didn't go right you worked overtime you're exhausted you just you need to separate yourself from everything that's going on inside your house or, you know, wherever you are and just really be mindful and enjoy that food and just, you know, understand what you're going through and work through it rather than, you know, coming home, going in front of the TV, getting the ice cream carton, eating right out of the carton in front of the TV. Because then what happens, the ice cream carton's empty. You don't really even remember that you ate it. And then you you get to the bottom, you're like, wait, it's gone. Um, so just, you know, try to enjoy, even though you're stress eating, try to enjoy those moments and kind of recollect on like what happened during the day, why it happened, why you're doing this. You'd be amazed at what you find out. And Corey, you can comment on this as well, as far as like the mindful and the, the mental um, health side of it too. Yeah, yeah. So on my end, you know, um, I just want to make sure people are eating um, because, you know, lack of hunger and lack of appetite um, or even, you know, some extreme cases where you can't keep it down. I would rather have someone, you know, go a few days, maybe not eating like the best thing in the world, but I would rather them do that than like not starve themselves Um, or, you know, like, you know, if you are eating not like if you're chowing down on cereal with potato chips and chocolate you know how can you add like maybe like some water to that i work with a lot of folks you know being smart about like drinking alcohol so we talk about okay so without lowering the amount of drinks you're drinking what can you do to have it have less of an impact on your body so i'll tell them you know eat something a little dense beforehand maybe add a a cup of water in between every drink so i'm definitely from like a harm reduction versus you know a harm elimination um standpoint i guess that i would just rather have someone eating at all than you know punishing themselves and not eating what they want to be eating I mean that put pretty much uh, put me on blast right there because I I've done that too and I've heard I've heard that term as well like um, 
uh, harm reduction versus harm elimination because uh, we've we've all have done it probably or probably have been guilty of it uh, us as mechanics that is where like we come to a point where like okay i need to do something about it i need to change so like uh our brains naturally uh revert to something it's okay if i need to fix it i need to eliminate it or i need to remove the problem and usually that yeah. case, that has like some kind of extreme measure like like straight up el- elimination like i'm just gonna cut out alcohol altogether or i'm gonna cut out uh red red meats altogether right yeah <laughs> uh, i tell people it's better to half-ass something. I hope I can say that word on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> totally. You're, 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 we've said way worse. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> I tell clients, especially, you know, working with folks in aviation that is such like a perfectionist, like, you know, there's a lot of room for people to be perfectionists. And I think that's how some people thrive. And so kind of, you know, um, separating yourself from the expectation of being perfect and teaching people to literally like just try like half-assing something because it's so easy to psych yourself out of, oh, I already had like, you know, what a quote unquote unhealthy breakfast. So my whole day is ruined. It's like, no, um, you know, maybe that, that meal, but you know, keep going forward. Don't just, you know, throw in the towel if it's not going to be perfect or, you know, that day isn't perfect or that meal isn't perfect or whatever skill you're working on is just kind of like, learning to accept, you know, half-assing. It's better to go half-ass a workout than it is to stay home and not work out. So that's kind of something that I work with folks. Um, can't oh, remember actually, how I got there, but there you go. That, that actually hit, uh, uh, strung the cord right there. Like, uh, it's, that relates to a lot of uh, mechanics, especially when you start putting in working out too. Like, oh, it's better to just like kind of go and be half sick and just kind of do half rips than to just not go at all. That, that hit home for me as well. Cause <laughs> I've definitely have exactly. done that. I have definitely have done that. Um, so, uh, let, let's put a, a small twist to this. Like, let's say, um, some, uh, someone is having, um, is having like some kind of, uh, post-traumatic experiences, right? Like, uh, they, or if they had a, a traumatic experience and they're kind of feeling the after effects. So sometimes they can't stomach the food they like, or, um, having, they can't put down like sort of the foods that used to comfort them. Um, what sort of things can they do to kind of help, uh, break them out of that? Yeah. So what you're kind of talking about, um, in psychology is what we call a deviation from the baseline. So it's kind of like, you know, you're one way or the other from your norm, whether it's, you know, good stress, bad stress. And so that can obviously affect our gut. So, um, what was your question? I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, no worries. So say like I'm have I have a post-traumatic, uh, oh, yeah. a post-traumatic experience. Right. And, uh, yes. And, um, I um, can't put down some, I can't stomach some of the foods I have because of that traumatic experience. Like, uh, uh I've seen some individuals, they've had a, uh, uh, like PTSD for something and then they can't enjoy or they can't stomach food much less their favorite food. So yeah. like they, they kind of just default to pills or just drinking or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So I'll speak a little bit on like, you know, what I work with folks and I'll toss it to Jill. So when you are kind of in like the, the deviation, that is kind of the worst time for anyone to throw like new skills at you. Um, you know, our brain is just not in the learning part of our brain. So Again, going back to harm reduction is, 
can you try like, you know, three bites? So even if it's, you're not hungry, but still, you know, get three bites because what you're teaching your brain is like, you're still accomplishing the task, which can obviously um, give you some endorphins. But yeah, I don't try to like push people other than kind of like maintaining, you know, water. And I, I usually start with like, okay, can you try to take like three to five bites just to maintain some food in your gut? But I'm sure, you know, Jill has some light to shine on that. But I'm curious. I'm also curious. Yeah. Yeah. So I think of it, um, I think of a lot of aviators as endurance athletes. And so think about, you know, when you're going to a big event, um, you know, whether it's, you know, working on a specific plane at a deadline or you're working through a thunderstorm and you're having to fly all these passengers or, you know, emergency landing, those type of things, your gut's going to shut down. So PTSD, same situation, the gut to brain axis is going to shut down The the body's not going to absorb very much at all. So in that point, what I do is I turn to liquids. Um, your body can survive on, on very little food for a very long period of time, sometimes up to about three weeks. I don't want anyone trying that at all. But, you know, just know that 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 can happen. What you, you can't do, though, is you can't survive without fluid. So exactly to piggyback on what Cora was saying is, you know, just maybe two or three little sips of water or maybe some um, some type of a sugary, syrupy fluid. I know that, you know, in past times when I used to get stressed, I would always just sip on a little Coca-Cola because it has a ton of sugar. It has a little bit of caffeine to kind of boost my mood. And my gut would absorb it and it would give me the calories that I would need. So, you know, if you try to put food into the gut under a stressful situation, then it might come back out one of the other ends and not be the best experience. So I would always just stick to liquids in that point, And I would always stick to sugar in that point, too. Because the other thing to think about is that sugar absorbs into the blood system very, very quickly and will give you that little bit of boost that you need until you can start feeling better. Yeah, that that's, uh, rings a bell to me as well. Like, uh, There was a story about a SR-71 pilot. His name was Brian Shule. I believe he retired as a major. Anyway, he was a SR-71 pilot, but prior to this, he was a pilot in Vietnam and, cra- mm-hmm. and he crash landed had had severe burns and because of that traumatic experience when he was recovering in the in the hospital he couldn't put down any sort of food except for cherry kool-aid <laughs> and oh so they so they they tried he he's even tried himself like he tried to psych himself out like i gotta eat i have to eat i have to recover and he would just try to choke it down and he would just throw it right back up and um how he came about finding out that he can put down cherry kool-aid was uh a bunch of nurses, like they went around all, all over the place trying to find any sort of food that he can uh, he can put down. And then uh, he, he threw all of it up. And then here comes one of the nurses just pulled out uh, a pouch of cherry Kool-Aid from her um, for lunchbox, mm. mixed it up, gave it to him. And he, and he was able to keep it down. And so I think it was a couple weeks, maybe a couple months where that's all they gave him was like gallons of cherry Kool-Aid. <laughs> and um I think he said he got so sick of cherry coolie, but that's all he could keep down. It, but uh, as time progressed, he was able to pass it out uh, or, you know, um, process it. And then over time, he was able to actually start putting down food. Nowadays, uh, he's a photographer now, and almost 
every single SR seventy one photo you've seen uh, circulating around the world is probably is nine times out of ten uh, his photo. So <laughs> that's actually pretty cool to hear, that, and I'm glad you guys mentioned that because now that relates so much. Like, huh, I've never noticed that so much. Like, like I can or you, it's possible for you to go uh, without solids for a couple weeks because. Uh, when I heard, first heard that story, like, how is this guy even alive with just eating cherry or drinking cherry Kool-Aid? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Body's um, I would also, an amazing oh, thing. Sorry. Go for it. Go oh, go ahead. You're fine. Okay. Mine's short. Is you know, kind of like acknowledging, you know, if I have a client where it's been several days and they can't keep anything down, you know, part of what I call like crew resource management is kind of reaching out to folks like Jill that's like, okay, we've tried some of, you know, the the cranium approach, but let's pull in, you know, an expert from somewhere else. And so that's something I always teach my clients is, you know, this help seeking behavior or, you know, crew resource management, basically of calling folks in that might have the expertise that you're looking for. And I've, I've had no issue, you know, sending some folks to Jill that do come with me um, with similar stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. We, Cora and I work very well together. It's pretty amazing thing that we do together <laughs> it's true it's just a bonus that we're like best friends i know so. i mean that's, yeah. a, that's a good marriage that's a good marriage you like uh, you mentioned like you have what, the second brain down below which is your gut and it kind of influences the the brain upstairs like and they they bridge each other as um uh, i can't i believe you mentioned it yourself and i want to say i heard this somewhere else where like um you're the like if your gut's not feeling well the rest of you don't feel well and Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes as well, like you know, like uh, whenever someone talks about making a a firm decision or making a a uh, a snap decision, it's like, oh, just go off your gut instead of go mm-hmm. over your head, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it it makes sense now. Now, not as uh, uh, hearing uh, you two talk about it, like it. it I always wonder, Absolutely. like, what how that came about. Like, why the hell would I trust my gut mm-hmm. and not my head, or even mm-hmm. my heart for that matter? And <laughs> it's the <laughs> reason. Uh, like you said at the very beginning, like your gut's going to feel it before the rest of you do, <laughs> which is yeah. funny if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I'll say um, I've actually heard this from one of our patrons where they asked like, or they made mention that uh, they've, they've tried doing healthy resources or they're in such an isolated area where the only air quotes healthy uh, source is a, a sandwich chain which has like a 50% chance of giving you food poisoning. <laughs> mm. So uh, <laughs> for someone like that, where they're very isolated or they're um, like, they only, the only other option they had or not only option, but one of their main options is having uh, a food poisoning sandwich chain. Uh, what can they do to help uh, with that? So, um, so like if they're at a remote area and, the only option is to go to this one chain or maybe they could pack some things with them. Yep. Do you think like, that? Say like, say okay. like if they, mm-hmm. if they, if they were to um, pack something, like what would mm-hmm. you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, when, when you guys first reached out to me, that's exactly what I thought because I have worked with um, a few of your colleagues in the past. And the thing, the thing that I think about is, you know, all about the deadlines that come into to play for your industry and just how hard it is um, to be able to work with those deadlines along with um, the environment. And then, uh, you know, let's just call it food scarcity there, you know, there's not an abundance of cafeterias around maintenance facilities and such. So 
usually what I do is I teach people to carry pocket snacks. So think about um, things that are still going to be fairly healthy, but also very convenient. Um, so packages of crackers, um, dried dried berries, um, trail mixes that come in individual serving sizes, fruit, really easy to carry as long as you're not going to an international or ha- you know have to go through customs or something like that. Um, n- nowadays, you can go through the grocery store and you can get bean packets, rice packets, pre-made pasta packages, pre-made sandwiches. I mean, there's no reason that if you if you're headed out to a, a remote area and you know that there's not going to be any food resources or the ones that are there are going to make you sick, there's no reason that you can't pack your bag with a few things that don't need to be refrigerated. For instance, you know, Cora's favorite food, cheese. Cheese doesn't really need refrigeration. You could keep it for about seven days without any refrigeration and it's going to be completely fine. It has what? a huge, yeah, uh, it actually gets better as well. <laughs> like, it, it gets, yeah. Yeah, it gets better oh. in flavor the longer you leave it out of the um, out of the refrigerator. That the flavors um, actually bloom more. So I tell all of my airline pilots, I'm like, if you're going out for five days, pack five pieces of cheese and just put it in a Ziploc bag. It's awesome. It's got high calorie amount. It'll hold you over for a very long time. So yeah, I would I would definitely start. You know, just bringing snacks with you everywhere you go. And basically what I do is I'll teach, you know, for every day that you're out, take about an extra 500 calories. I, anyone that follows me around, Cora included, she's traveled with me before. I always have snacks in my bag. Like I'm the snack lady all the time. So always never leave home without food. Always. It's true. (laughs) I'm also the same way. (laughs) I love having (laughs) snacks. I'm known in my like, classes at school is like having the good snacks that's my reputation and i hold that like very dear to my heart Mm, i'm loving that's interesting because i find myself not taking snacks um (laughs) my fear is that all i'm gonna do is sit there and eat them and i'll eat them right away right (laughs) so I'm, i'm a stress eater but i'm one of those i don't snack a whole lot i mean i do obviously i think we all do but i'm more of a meals person but i it's one of those i i don't eat till i'm full i eat till i hate myself type thing and and i don't know how to break that but it's just that stress stress eating discomfort you know it's like the self lack of self-control i suppose that might have to be something that cora digs in with you i i you know i'm not a mental health professional i don't have a license to counsel but um as a dietitian i have learned in school how to um work with background. So, you know, whenever you work with me, I, I talk a lot about childhood, like what happened in your childhood? How did your parents feed you? Because what's happening with you today, there's a reason for it. So, you know, maybe your parents denied food in the past, or maybe you weren't allowed to have XYZ that you tend to eat up more than normal of. So it's definitely something to think about, not picking on you, just no, 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 yeah. About. So, but to tie in maybe to the dietitian side, is there mm-hmm. certain foods that maybe I should tailor towards that would fill me up quicker, but it's it's less of it that would fill me up, I suppose. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, so, if that mm-hmm. makes sense of yeah. from work, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, it totally does. So the first thing that I would look at is your protein intake. Um, and of course, not from bars and shakes, but from, from real food, you know, from beans and nuts and seeds. And if you eat animal products, you know, animal uh, meats and things. Um, most people that tend to um, not be satisfied enough tend to not get enough protein in their daily intake. So that is the first thing that I would start looking at. Okay. Um, now, have you heard, I'm sure you have, I was going to say, have you, uh, but you know, the body types, right? There's a lot of discussion that you see online about endomorphic, mesomorphic, and is it ectomorphic? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I'm, I'm what they call the mesomorphic, right? I'm, I'm more caveman-esque. Um, I'm behind in the evolutionary chain. So some people say that you, depending on what your body type is, you need to tailor your foods to what your body type is. And that'll help you, you know, feel full, but lose weight and and reap better benefits. Is that, is that a thing? Is that, is that really a thing? I don't think that's a thing, unfortunately. No, I'm glad you guys are here so we can ask because I I just see stuff, you know, reading, reading different articles Mm -hmm. online. I know. I mean, you might have. You know, you might have more muscle content on your body or you might have bigger bone structures and and need more calories. Absolutely. Some people, you know, if we had video on right now, you would see like I can't sit still. So my metabolism is much higher because I, I'm, a, I'm a fidgeter. Uh, so there, you know, there might be something to your metabolism rate being higher as to why you um, crave or eat more food. But yeah, as far as like the science behind body types, we never were taught any of it in school at all. Oh, well, I mean, that's good to know. I, yeah. Well, every time I see an article like that, just go ahead and skip on through that. Pass <laughs> over. Um, yeah. Um, I will touch on kind of the the question of, you know, if you're stress eating and I'm working with you on like the brain side, what I'd want to work with you is kind of like what Jill said is one, you know, if we can identifying, you know, the stressor or the connection But even more so than that is like, well, what else can we add to your life that can give you some of those like endorphins and serotonins that you're used to only getting from food or maybe get the most from food? Um, So that's something. And then you guys also bring up a really good point about, you know, like misinformation, um, you know, given out there. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point because it's hard to tell these days. Almost definitely. <laughs> I, I was, well, yeah, because remember, you, you guys remember, sorry to cut you off, Six, but you no remember, way. like, how many years in a row was it that eggs are the number one best source of protein for you? Eggs are terrible for you. Too much cholesterol. Eggs are great for you. It just went back and forth for so long, and maybe still does. I don't know. But Now, no one could that? afford them, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, now, now, it's a, now it's a luxury for the for the 1%ers. You know? Or, like, uh, I ma- imagine when... Uh, the eggs, the price for eggs went up. I could imagine there was every chicken in the world. Like, so what were you going to do about those? What do you want for those eggs? You know, <laughs> you know just being all, <laughs> being all stuck up about it. Like, yeah, I, I hate you. <laughs> and and nowadays the, the, the moniker about eggs, or at least the going rumor is that eggs will give you blood clots. I mean, I'm sure if you ate like oh six dozen goodness. of them, you'll get a blood clot. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, like uh, anything can give you a blood clot if we want to play that game. Exactly. Sleeping could give you a blood clot. Yeah, I think, I mean, Cora and I talk about this basically on a daily basis and text messages, um, just all the misinformation there is out there. So like with everyone listening here, the one thing that I would tell you is, okay, you, you went to school for a long time to do what you're doing. You have 
license and education and credentials and why why are you you know going on google letting google be your doctor why are you aligning with folks that don't have credentials after their name um, there's so many folks that will go and um, work with people that don't have a dietetics license and i'm like uh, do you really want to trust your big, long career on that and all that money you spent on becoming a pilot? Same thing goes with Cora. It's like your mental health is so very valuable. Do you really want to trust your mental health with a health coach that just like studied a book for five hours? I don't think so. So yeah. I would really, you know, really trust in that. And Cora, take it away. Cause I mean, we could rant for like five hours about this. It could this. be like its own episode, <laughs> honestly. I mean, let's um, do it. But I'm, yeah, I'm just, you know, be, be cautious. You know, I do want to say like, yeah, education is definitely a privilege. Um, but at the same time, you know, really question about like, what what is like the purpose of this person like sharing the information? Is it to like make you healthier? Is it to advertise a product or a service or, you know, in like the worst cases, you know, get clout. So, you know, just like do your homework. Um, there is a lot of misinformation. Um, just know like, you know, Jill and I are always open. Um, if anyone has like questions about that, I know she's been such a good resource, kind of like you brought up about like the different body types. I know I've dispelled many myths since working with Jill. Um, so yeah, just know, you know, anyone listening, I'm here, I'm here as a resource. Um, there is a lot of, you know, with the rise of social media misinformation. So I, I hope folks see me as a resource. If you have any questions, like don't be a stranger. So that's interesting. You did bring up social media, right? Influencers are, are a, a, a thing, right? They're oh, yeah. a real big part of social media these days. Are there any actual, you know, besides professionals such as yourself on on um, the social media, you know, promoting what's facts and what's not. Are there any other influencers out there that you guys are aware of that that do actually give out right information, or or have you actually seen them? I mean, you don't have to give out names or whatever, mm -hmm. but are there actually people out there? Or is it kind of just swings one way or the other? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. There's, I think, so I follow like the Gottman Institute. So that's not necessarily a person, but it is like a publication um, that, you know, is specifically like relational based. It's something that's in our textbooks. So I don't know if I've found other than like, you know, aviation professionals um, specific so far, but I do generally like to follow like some counseling pages, like from my school or like an accredited institution or university uh, where, you know, there are checks and balances and it's not just like one or two people deciding like what looks good, but you know, it, there is a recourse if, you know, something is misposted that has misinformation. I definitely would go to some of like the bigger institutions, like I said, like Gottman um, or, you know, local universities that have mental health pages is where I would go. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, I like that you mentioned that with the with the C word. We've we've had many episodes where we talked about with the, the C word, which is clout, and the, there's been a lot of that flowing around. And I'm glad you touched that because the, it's getting harder and harder to find out which information is right. And that's what MVP was alluding to. Like, um, how do I like how do I know which, which is right, which is wrong? And I'm glad we we touched on this, especially. Um, with uh, finding out which one is which and who we should um, listen to. And um, I also put out that there's a lot of misinformation, especially from the veteran side, as far as therapy is concerned. 
I mean, yeah. I can I can make a whole episode on that just by myself ranting for hours on end about why therapy is the air quote devil and why like the only real air quotes therapy that most people will rely on is just the high, for instance, of doing something very extreme or very drastic or very loud, has a lot of explosions or um, yeah. trying to relive the glory days, so to say. I mean, I, I can make I a think- bat. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I, I can make overall, a, a bashing episode about that. <laughs> you know? What are you doing next week? No, just kidding. Right, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, without getting into too many specifics, just, you know, pay attention, like scroll down their page. If it wasn't built as a mental health page or a dietitian page, then that's kind of where I start to wonder, you know, like, oh, if only their last 20 posts are related to this topic I'm looking for, and then the rest is, like, unrelated, that's usually, like, a red flag. Also, if anyone's, like, nudity or, like, not wearing clothes, and they're probably not posting for the right reasons (laughs) um, as far as, like, you know, mental health pages. Yeah, if there's dancing with no pants on, I'm going to question their uh, tactics and credentials. I mean, I've, I've seen that, too, where, like, some individuals, they'll be, like, like uh sexy rambo kind of outfits you know and they say like like veteran <laughs> mental health pew 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 you're like yeah, oh, I, yeah. Don't, I don't know about that man <laughs> you're, you're kind of sending you're kind of giving me mixed signals here like what are we talking about <laughs> exactly what where are your pants why are you yeah or, or, why are or, you wearing a hat you know or, or likewise when someone says like oh try try this new diet right look at me i got like 12 pack abs and stuff like i'm pretty sure you were born that way you know what i mean yeah or, yeah or like, I'll go for it. So Cora uh, and I were just talking about this today before the episode. Actually, she was sending me a page of this um, uh, aviation health coach that was, um, you know, providing all these social media tips and everything. And I said, I'm glad you can see that because I can't see that because on his page, he did. He had his shirt off and he was showing all his abs. Yeah. And I was just like, who's really going to hire this guy showing his abs and giving nutrition advice? I Anyone that... Anyone that's on social media, if they start showing body parts that I don't normally see in a friendship role, I immediately just stop following them. I don't I don't want to see all that stuff. <laughs> if someone is twerking to a suicide, then they're probably not in it for the right reasons. Oh, most def. Uh, who is this one? Uh, he was a social media guy for the longest MVP. He's like, uh, eat cow nuts and... And drink blood and stuff. He was like all huge, right? And then they found oh the him. liver king, yeah, liver king, <laughs> the liver king, yes. <laughs> yeah. He was all huge, right? Like, oh, if yeah. you can get big like me, if you just eat cow nuts every day, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's not the way to go, man. <laughs> yeah. Rocky Mountain oysters and livers every day. Yeah, I'll um, just be small. I'll be small. It's okay. Yeah. I think there's something, something more you should be adding <laughs> to that. <laughs> then they find out he was juicing for like what the past twelve years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh! And uh, they, that's they, funny. And it's funny is when some individuals like that, right? They, you know, they obviously have done some extra uh, activities to get that way. And then they, and then when they finally get caught in the act, they said like, "Oh well, you know, the whole idea behind it is just to bring awareness to X, Y, Z." I'm like, I'm sure awareness to what though? I mean, this is me awareness bashing at on- what cost? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is me bashing on my fellow vets because I've seen many of stuff like this happen, especially when it comes to therapy, right? Like, I don't need therapy; I just go to go. Uh, or therapy is a belt-fed weapon, you know what I mean? Something like that. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I mean that that's fun for like five seconds. I mean, I guess you know, but I mean. 
I mean, I can probably think of something way better that lasts five seconds. It's probably me and this plate of tacos, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Taco Thursday, I guess, instead of Tuesday. Yes, yes. Every day's Taco Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Every day's Taco Tuesday. So I know we, you know, in in messages prior to this episode and all that, um, you know, we had talked about uh, vitamins and everything else. What? what would you guys say is the best food or nutrients to consume that is both beneficial to the gut and to the mind? Uh, I, I know you talk about comfort food and all that, but I, I guess from a like a uh, long life uh, and a healthy brain type thing, you know, you hear about uh, what's that uh, lion's mane mushroom? They say it's good for cognitive stuff and you know probiotics for the gut. Okay, I have one, and then this is definitely a Jill question. Um, so. Haha, ha, but I would say vitamin D, but not in the way you think. So, um, like something that I work with folks is, you know, when we're trying to harm reduce or, you know, get someone to feel a little better is go out and stand in the sun or like the light. And I think a lot of people misuse like, um, like sad lights because you have to do it at like a very research has shown you have to do it at like a very specific angle that like hits your eyes. So the best time to go out and like get your vitamin D is actually between nine and 11 AM. Obviously, like if you live in like Iceland or Alaska, um, take that maybe with a grain of salt. But when the sun is at like that specific angle is when, you know, I like go get go out, even if it's, you know, cloudy, you're still going to get that benefit based on the part of it, the eye that it goes through. So again, not really? food, but a vitamin. Yeah. So take that as you wish. Yeah. Um, and I'll say one, one more thing is this, the seasonal affective disorder. So for those that don't know, I'm in, in Oregon, upper left USA, and actually, you know, the FAA's take for pilots on um, the seasonal affective disorder, basically, you know, you can't have it because it's classified as a mood disorder. Um, a mood disorder is basically any mood that lasts more than two to three months. And so it's kind of funny that we're touching on, you know, the, the seasonal affective thing, because that is actually what first piqued my interest at all in becoming an aviation therapist was like, you expect like Oregonians to not be sad? Like, who do you think you are? You know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was sorry to tangent there. But that is, you know, a very like, prolific part of like, why I'm here. So I just wanted to um, shine light on that. Uh, AKA stand in the light. (laughs) Yes. Get the sunlight. (laughs) I I agree a hundred percent with vitamin D. So think about, you know, three years ago during the pandemic and how many people were running out to get vitamin D supplementation over the course of the last three years that I've been in practice, I've tested almost every single person or had them go to test for vitamin D supplementation. And almost every single person was low. So not only immune system function, but also mental health function. Um, and then think about, you know, we're, we're behind glasses now with, with sunscreen and long sleeves and pants and suits and all that kind of stuff. We're covered up all the time. So people are not getting enough vitamin D. And then you've got all of the traveling with the circadian rhythms. I talk to people all day about sleep disorders. So 
just to piggyback on what Cora said about vitamin D, get outside during those prime daylight, sun, you know, nine to 11, exactly full sunlight in the eyes without sunglasses. So very important on every single aspect. If you can't, then yes, get vitamin D tested, figure out supplementation. You can always reach out to me. I'll give you some aspects on it. The other thing is um, fruits and vegetables. I mean, I just, I can't harp enough on plants because most of the aviation industry never has enough access to eating plants. And I think that's where I see almost all of the problems that come to me, high blood pressure, diabetes, type one, well, not type one, but type two. So, you know, the blood sugar issue with eating too many carbs and too many processed foods. I get a lot of folks with kidney disorders, kidney dysfunction because of hydration issues. So remember your water, your fluid. And then what's coming up a lot of times, um, which people just are too shy to talk about, and I'll basically talk about anything, is uh, your guts, you know, going going poop enough. Uh, I've had two or three people just within the last six months that have had colon issues. Um, had one person individually that actually had part of their colon seven feet cut out. So... It's just not something you ever want to go through. That's the body is meant to produce waste. And if you're not producing waste on a daily basis and it doesn't look healthy, like a nice shaped form log, then you really need to talk to someone about it. Like talk to your friends about how your poop is. If you're not talking about it, there's a problem. So do you think that's like just the fiber related or is that yeah is there- no, it's, it's fiber related because like how we started the podcast tonight was you know talking about protein shakes and protein bars they don't have fiber in them so nothing's moving through the gut and you know i've had um over the last three years i've had actually two airline pilots that passed out on planes one almost died because of what oh they call dive diverticulitis and yep. you know i when, when people come to work with me, I have them describe what their poop looks like. And they just, you know, they think, oh, my gosh, this woman's crazy and weird. But you have to talk about it because you just don't know what the health of the gut is. And then, you know, with Cora's side of it, if Cora and I, you know, did that together, we would probably see an improvement in mental health status as well. Because, you know, going back to the gut bacteria and everything, the things that are not going in that should be going in on a daily basis. I'm, I'm I'm standing mind blown right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally like mind blown. Like, wait a minute. I'm just thinking about logs. After you said logs, I lost. Yeah, I'm like picturing like, well, what did it look like? Oh my gosh. Not oh to gross gosh, anybody out. I'm like, what did it look like? Huh? You got to look at it. You got to start looking at it every day. You guys don't do that. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things I look at, and pro- my poop is probably not one of them. Start looking at it. Start looking at it. Well, what's that joke, MVP? Like, would you just look at it? Yeah, would you just look at? It? No, I would say. I mean, I do, I do, I do look at mine. That's something I've always done. Um, but you had mentioned you know, in aviation, not a lot of people, not a lot of people in the aviation community get get plants um, into their diet. What What are some of the better plants? You know. Yeah, pilots, maintainers, uh, people should go for if they're going, you know, to to bring into their diet, I guess. Excellent. Uh, So variety. Yeah, variety is number one. 
So I like to um, kind of label people as like the apple, banana, carrot people, because that's all that they've ever grown up with. And that's all that they ever eat. So thinking about, you know, if you had to say, okay, tomorrow, I'm going to go out and improve my gut bacteria and my general health, I'm going to go for deeper, darker and brighter colors. So blueberries, cranberries, uh, strawberries, raspberries, spinach, any of your orange squashes. So uh, like rutabaga or butternut squash or sweet potatoes. North Carolina is, you know, the home of the sweet potato. So I'm a big fan of it, but they're easy and they're transportable. And most people like them. You can put them in anything. The the things that you want to steer away from are kind of the boring things, you know, so like all the different white colors. They don't really give you too much of anything. Um, to jump in on that real quick, then, is I've heard, I've heard both things. Cauliflower does nothing for you, and it's also a superfood. Yeah. So that is, yeah. So cauliflower is a little bit interesting. So it's, it's in the family of cruciferous vegetables. And the thing that people don't really talk about with cauliflower is that it has sulfur in it and sulfur actually attracts cholesterol. So if you have a cholesterol problem or a blood pressure problem, cholesterol will actually attach to the sulfur in the cauliflower and actually pull it out of your body. So, yeah, cauliflower is a little bit different, but I wouldn't get on that bandwagon where everybody's like cauliflower rice. Oh, don't eat rice. Just eat cauliflower. There's always, you know, you can always have too much of a good thing. Right. Okay. I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my tie into the next thing. So what about all the cauliflower rice and crust? But uh, no, there you go. (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) I I always think people like, oh, I'm going to eat this pizza with cauliflower crust. I'm like, Mm. I I guess if you have maybe like, um, oh, what's that disease where? You can't really do oh, celiac, yeah, celiac, celiac disease. disease. And mm-hmm. okay, I get it, but yeah. if I'm going for pizza, I guess I'm I'm going right. for broke. You know what I mean? Right, and that's <laughs> the same thing. So, like, you go and you eat a cauliflower pizza, and then are you satisfied? No, you're still. So, when you do get the real pizza, then you're going to eat the whole thing because you're missing it because you're eating cauliflower crust. Yeah, don't do it. I've I've honestly <laughs> never tried that. I've heard of it, but I've never tried it. And it uh, it's one of those like like things that just immediately sound gross. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, kudos to the ones who can eat it. And if you have to, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, <laughs> right. agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I got I got one another one for you here too. So um, years ago, my father had uh, you know severe headaches and all and all this and that, and um, the doctors or whoever he was working with traced it back to chocolate. Mm. So he he cut chocolate out of his diet and his headaches went away i mean he uh, and that in the headaches even continued right we thought maybe it was the he had thyroid cancer had his thyroid removed mm-hmm. all good now but uh the headaches continued mm-hmm. turns out it was chocolate in the in the diet so so i was you know one of those things um what what kind of because I, I get, you know, migraines every so often, too. And I'm starting to think to myself, you know, okay, maybe not enough water. But I've, mm-hmm. I have I know I get enough water. So what is happening that's causing that headache? Is it something I'm eating? And, and I, I just don't know. But I figured yeah. since i got some professionals it, here, mm-hmm. I'd ask. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably is something that you're eating. And so a lot of your headaches and things are connected to food. So I would start with fermented foods first. So are you eating, you know, those cheeses like blue cheese or gar- gargonzola, um, anything aged? Are you, are you 
drinking a lot of wine because that also has aging in it. So that might be a possibility. The chocolate with your dad, I'm thinking, you know, how much chocolate did he eat? Was it a caffeine factor or? So, yeah, yeah I thought that really too, because he used to drink mm-hmm. a pot a day, but then he cut that yeah, out once he uh-huh. got the, the thyroid uh-huh. uh, cancer. So he does like one or two cups a day now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they figured out it was the chocolate or how mm-hmm. they figured out. I'll have to, I'd have to follow yeah. up with him. The, the other thing I would think about the chocolate too is, you know, think about the chocolate bean and it probably had some mold on it. So a lot of people's allergies and headache issues are surfaced in mold. So that could be as well. Yeah. That would be uh, a great you, rabbit hole to go down. I, you know, I l- love figuring out allergies for people. So fun. Well, you would like me cause I am an <laughs> allergy. Uh, I can't believe I'm still alive, I guess. Oh, as man. many allergies as I have. But yeah, mold is one of the things, though, that I'm, you know, I, I've had problems with my whole life. So I wonder. Hmm. Yep, oh, look at us troubleshooting, man. <laughs> I'm all about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I hate to backtrack about that. But uh, when Coral was talking about like how some uh, in institutions or some pages, like they've, um, they only spout so much or they have like a one-sided view about mental health and and diets and therapy. And I'm not going to call that organization out, but some of the stuff they have put out is, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the best word to say without sounding too much like a total, like just straight up bashing them. But like a lot of it sounds like very much like, well, like uh, how do we red tape around this issue pretty much? Right. Yeah. And I feel, and I feel the same thing is also being done with your diet. And like, um, Oh, but just just eat more greens, uh, eat less grains, or just go on the, the air quote Mediterranean diet or the keto mm-hmm. diet, or just go straight vegan, right? I mean, yeah. I've seen people go vegan, and I've seen them like one step away from a stroke, pretty much. Right? And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the type of vegan food they're eating, or if it's just, or if it's just become more of a fad than an actual vegan thing, or or whatnot. Um. I mean, we can bat around that for hours, but I just, I like putting that. I want to mention that as well, because you, you brought it up and um, that there's a lot of stuff that are going around where it seems very one-sided. It seems very far-fetched. And mm-hmm. um, the the only real advice we ourselves can really give you is seek a professional, really. I mean, I mean, a professional in that specific area, right? I mean, um, we're aircraft mechanics, but you're not going to ask me to go work on your boat. I mean, I might have an exactly. inkling of what that is or what it does, but I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to fix a yacht. I wish I did, but but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Just try yep. it. It goes back mm-hmm. to crew resource management too. Like that's such a good habit, and necessary habit to have like you know, on the flight line or on the job site. So yeah, you know, apply that to your health too. If you don't know, go to someone that does. Yes, I will definitely, I 100% back that. I will stress that. And sometimes like sometimes asking for help is probably the hardest thing to do but hey i mean uh when, like what we said in our in a previous episode sometimes you know like it's either don't let it become an ultimatum like in our case where like it's either well you do something about it or you just start planning your obits now I'm like oh, well, mm-hmm. I'll put it that way yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's sad to say like sometimes it's like uh you got to call it out as it is and it's not the greatest thing you want to hear but sometimes it's the one you you need the most i mean uh, we can talk uh, about that uh, as ma- as much as we want for as long as we want. 
but sometimes, you know, you just got it. The hardest part is just making that first step and reaching out to specialists such as yourselves. Um, it's, uh, it can be embarrassing at first, but it's one of the, it's something that you, you, you'll feel embarrassed a bit, but then you'll feel better about yourself for having to do it. Like, especially with uh, therapy and, and nutrition, like no, usually when you hear someone say, Hey, you should go see a nutritionist. That's kind of like, uh, a nonchalant way of saying you're fa- you're obese, <laughs> or right. um, or like I mean, you're crazy, so you need to go see a therapist. Like, yes, there's, I mean, I mean, people I, don't I, see these things on a spectrum. You know, like we were just talking um, in a meeting yesterday with my colleagues. Is like the best time to go see a therapist for like long term skill and well being is when your life is like not a shit show because that's the best time to learn skills. You're going to be more receptive to it. And actually when we are, you know, in that crisis brain, we're not even the part in our brain that learns is not even activated. It's dormant because we are in our like fight, flight, freeze or fawn. Um, so, you know, for folks listening, you know, down the line something's going to be stressful or you just want to have skills i really encourage y'all to not like wait until you're in crisis same with jill it's easier to make minor changes than you know have a a deadline for you know getting your blood pressure down your job on the line i really encourage people to wait before it becomes kind of an ultimatum like you were saying so wait wait real quick what they now there's a fourth one now it's fight flight freeze or what's it fawn Fawn. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you see this a lot with um, abuse survivors, like the way that they are going to be safest is for them to kind of like go with the, like the abuser and like appease them. And so that's been something a little bit more recent that has come to light is like, well, why are you being so nice to this asshole? And it's like, well, I'm doing it to survive because that means that, you know, I'm not going to get, there's less likely of a chance that I'm going to get hurt if I kind of, you know, fawn and just do what they want. Wow. I'm so glad that's now a thing because I've never connected that before. I mean, I've, before it was just, I mean, how long ago it was just uh, fight or flight. And then mm-hmm. I think it was what, like five years ago, they said uh, fight, flight or freeze. Yeah, and so I'm. I'm glad that, yeah, that maybe some people consider it Stockholm syndrome or something like that. Yes, you know? yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like oh, it, there's, uh, they've been around the captor so long that they've decided to go along with it. But now that we have this uh, fourth category, now it's just like, okay, it's not um, no, that it's th- survivability mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's not. It's not like they. Preser- like, there you go. That's a better one. Preservation. Yeah. Yes, that's it. It's not like uh, I've grown accustomed that i like doing it it's like the only way i can go about it because the other three options are just not available that makes so much sense now man like like, i need to connect you with this one author and really go about that because that that just blew my mind just now about it and and i'm sure that that ties in especially with like the the nutrition aspect right like um i'm kind of seeing this as like when your parents force feed stuff to you right like you will eat this or you will starve like well Mm -hmm. it's either that or they beat me so (laughs) so here i go yeah i i hear from people all the time about you know the the things in childhood that their parents made them eat and they can never touch again and like just all the emotions around it and stuff and i just I have my own story about minestrone soup and anytime I see it on the shelf, I'm like, I just start like, I got to walk the other way. So yeah, I, I can understand that a hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Don't force feed. Don't force feed your kids. Please never do. 
No, I, I, I don't force feed my kids. I get frustrated. I'm like, gosh, I'm giving you what you what you like to eat and you still won't eat it. I don't understand what's happening yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's kids maybe, being maybe that, kids, though. Maybe mm-hmm. that's part of my stress, too. You know, like, a, why, you, you could totally eat it. Just just, just do it. <laughs> and then not eating it makes me want to eat it more. Like, <laughs> we found a stressor. <laughs> Look at all of this discovery. <laughs> I'm sure parents. So I have, I have a question. I have a Go question, and, and it's for each of you. What, um, you know, what was a situation a client who came to you? I know it's confidential. You don't have to give names and, and tell me if I'm. You can't answer. It's fine. But I was going to say, what, what's your kind of a, a big success story you guys have had? You know, in, in both of your professions. Um, you know, kind of what what was the situation, and what did you recommend, and they just achieved immaculate results. You know. Yeah, um, I'll start. So something that I think not a lot of people know that I'm available for, but I, these are probably some of my like favorite folks to work with is I love when people come to me when like maybe they just got hired with like a major or, you know, like they're moving up, um, whether it's, you know, CFI to CFII or any of these. like. So, you know, when... I love working with people that are kind of like self-doubters and, you know, just like switching how they think about things. And I love hearing, you know, when people like move up in their job or pass, you know, their Sims or their recurrence, just kind of like working with people who have more skills than they think they have, but you just give them like 10% more and just seeing them like flourish. Um, you know, that that's probably one of my favorite things. But I will acknowledge, you know, no one comes to see me because their life is going so great. So, um, you know, that does have something, uh, you know, to do with it. But definitely the success with folks going into like training situations and kind of working with them, you know, alongside the, the weeks of training um, is a lot of fun. I'd say those are probably you know my favorite not to say that i have favorites or just like that's the most concentrated progress that i generally see is you know when i'm meeting with people once or twice a week while they're in their um trainings very cool yeah <clears throat> training definitely takes a toll on people i agree with that for a hundred percent my my biggest success story is think really how I got started. Um, so back, you know, three, four years ago, I had my next door neighbor came to me and said, I think you're a dietitian, right? And I was working with sports industry at that time. And she said, um, well, I've got this pilot who went into his FAA medical today and actually failed it. Long story short, I talked to the person, um, failed medical because, uh, he was diabetic. He did not know he was diabetic and his A1C, which is a three month average of blood sugar was 10.4. So to put that in perspective, A1C for the FAA needs to be 6.5 or lower, but for diabetes, it needs to be 5.7 or lower. See, he was double the amount. So imagine what could have happened on that airplane had he got on a second flight sometime. Yeah, he, he had no idea. I call it the, I didn't know exactly how bad I really felt. So, and I will say, sorry, oh, yeah, I get a lot ahead. of clients mm-hmm. who have like pilots pass out in the flight tech. Yeah. So it's kind of like a circle yeah. of like this traumatic experience, you know, mm-hmm. you're, 
pilot next to you is passed out. I need to talk to someone. So I was just like connecting, you know, we kind of see both sides mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. I mean, Cora and I, you, I mean, we, you know, we could probably, we'd have to be anonymous, but we could probably write a book about the stories, you know, pilots passing out, you know, diversions, things happening is how they keep it out of the media is beyond us. It's unbelievable. Baffling. Yeah. I mean, just, so yeah. Is, the media doesn't cover. Wow. That's it's yeah, wild. You think about mm-hmm. that. Cause you know, you never hear about pilots passing out plane diverted to mm-hmm. X, Y, Z for, Due to pilot passing yeah, out for from medical situation, yeah, blood sugar yeah. levels, mm-hmm. yeah, right. I've even had Holy pilots cow. like have you know, folks on the ground, um, you know, like die or come close to it. I know there was one recently in the news. I think in like December or January, but I was shocked because I'd heard stories leading up to that, and I kept waiting for the others to like hit the news, but they didn't. And so that was definitely one of the first times. Like, wow, there's like a lot of effort being put to like hide some of this stuff in in one of the extreme cases you know like a line person lost their life on the ground because they were squished between two heavy things um Mm. and i never heard about it on the media so that's pretty crazy Mm, i mean that's that's very shocking but i'm kind of mvp and myself are kind of sort of not surprised about that and you can guys you, you can uh think about this too when when it comes to pilots when they seek uh, either of your help, right? It's usually like something like, "Hey, I don't want uh the medical um branch to hear about this. I don't want people to know what's going on." And I'm, I'm sure you guys have st- stories galore about those. So, uh, similarly, like um the the crew uh, the crew might I'm not saying they do, but they might have had some kind of uh, understanding of each other's like, "Hey, if something goes wrong, I we want to keep this uh amongst ourselves to the point because if something um you know, this breaks out or leaks out, then that could be uh, grounding for a wide number of reasons, be life-changing for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, like us on the ground and stuff, like no one really talks about, um, about us all that much, which is kind of why this podcast exists is because for the most part with aviation mechanics, we just, they just see us as ghosts, right? They, Mm -hmm. they believe we exist, but don't actually acknowledge our existence. If that makes any sort of sense. Like, like, mm-hmm. uh, like there's just these green gremlins that come out on the full moon, and <laughs> next thing you know, like the plane's fixed and we're off on our trip, you know. <laughs> or we notice we, when you're not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah. so, like, say, like, when like the unfortunately ac- accident of someone getting smashed between two uh, heavy equipment, we've MVP and I have seen that dime a dozen. Sadly, uh, it's either mm-hmm. people getting crushed or people getting their hands ran over or losing couple fingers, some something to that effect. I mean, there's mm-hmm. more drastic things going on, but accidents happen dime a dozen. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we can say a lot of it is due to the person just being overly stressed, uh, under-rested, um, just had a compound bad day. Like uh, mm-hmm. they, they woke up, their spouse was screaming at them. They didn't get enough to eat, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The stuff they did Under-fed. pack. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the stuff that they did pack is just, you know, is to monitor mm-hmm. because their diabetes, cholesterol, sugar level mm-hmm. is extremely high. So they have to manage it in that way. And that's just to uh, cut it out and they make themselves even more stressed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. on top of that, they got their crew chief or their boss screaming down their heads to get the planes up and out. And yeah. one thing leads to another. And then next thing you know, either without thinking it or directly, th- indirectly thinking about it, they find themselves um, uh, in a situation that they can't afford, which is another reason why we love doing what we do because we ourselves saw that happen. I mean, not to uh, 
um, say that we're qual- uh, we're in the same realm as either of you, but we've had people come to us and just dump their feelings and like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm no, we're not licensed to do any of this, man. But the fact that you're saying this is yeah. better than you keeping it to yourself and then taking it out by saying, you know what? Um, I think it's okay if I stick my hand in this place that shouldn't go, or I think it's okay if I move one step slower and then uh, something drastic happened. Well, I think you <laughs> sorry, to go, sorry to go on a rant there, but that's mm-hmm. uh-huh. no, it's true. But do you guys remember like, um, you know, Damar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills player, you know, that suffered, you know, the cardiac arrest and, and if you guys mm-hmm. remember like they stopped the game. They did not <clears throat> game and that i remember was like a huge deal um folks that saw it live and so you know i think that was a wake-up call that you know we are affected by seeing people we work with you know get injured he was you know lucky that he didn't die but that does have a huge impact and i think that was really you know broadcasted well in the demar hamlin example because everyone kind of came to the consensus like whoa you know that was really scary what we just saw so even though none of the other players or coaches got injured, they made the call to stop the game because now we're seeing like, yeah, seeing those things on the job can be really, you know, scary. Right. And then, and then you hear mm-hmm. all the injuries that happened prior to that, like, oh, concussions are dime a dozen or like, a, yeah. um, like a fractured spines or whatever are dime a dozen. Like, mm-hmm. say what now? Right. Or mm-hmm. uh, I, I think another one I, I want to say is the same player or similar players where they say like, They've had so many concussions in their life that they have like the same, um, sim, sim, uh, I have not, um, how do I say this? The, they had the same, uh, brain network, uh, makeup as, so, as a nine year old with Alzheimer's. I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And no, not, not to, uh, uh, dumb that down a little bit, but it's, uh, I'm just glad like we've hit that point as a society where like, something traumatic happens like okay time out what's going on right or at least we're starting to get wiser about it which is um yeah or at least it's more aware i guess that's the better Mm -hmm. way of saying it (laughs) not to derail where we're going with Mm -hmm. this episode but that's something that's definitely like uh that's looming around (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the the wonderful things about cora and i so i mean and i always i always say that like the pandemic was a blessing and a curse because you know, when the pandemic happened, we all, you know, everything shut down. We all reverted back to home. You know, we were all away from people. But what it also gave us was it it did give us the connection on social media, which a lot of times people say, oh, you know, that also is a curse. But what I found was that no one knew who I was, but yet they knew that I could help them. So just like I was telling you about the, the airline pilot that failed his medical he had no idea who I was. Like I was just a random person with a social media account and he trusted me enough because he, you know, he valued his health. He knew that I was a professional and that I could help him, you know, and I got him back to work and in 48 days. So like those things, you know, Cora wasn't doing the same aviation uh, mental health. Were you three years ago, Cora? I mean, we're, no, were I'm helping? at a year yeah. and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now. I mean, that's the amazing part of it is the trust of our community that, you know, we've, we've put ourselves out there, you know, in, in a in a risk kind of riskful environment because people don't really know exactly who we are and what we stand for, but they believe in us and they understand what we're doing. We have these success stories and, you know, it's changing people's lives. And 
I guess that's one thing too, like you guys started talking about is we, we are on cash basis and it's nothing about like, no, we don't want to hit health insurance. We don't want to get people in trouble. We're still abiding by laws and our license and all of those things, but sometimes it takes the stress factor out and adds the, the additional trust for people knowing that we're not reporting to agencies and information where we can be a friendly face behind a computer or a camera or whatever. And they can tell their story and know that, you know, it's not going to be put into a blog post or a picture is going to be snapped or anything and they can get well. And that that's amazing because, you know, five years ago that did not exist. It did not exist. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think you hit the nail on the head too, especially, you know, with having that friendly face and, and whatnot, because uh, we've seen many a times where individuals, especially on social media, I think that's like the number one culprit as far as a lot of these getting exposed in all the wrong ways mm-hmm. where they, they share their story. They feel very, they let themselves be vulnerable. And then next thing you know, like someone is getting like a trillion likes because they put something on, even though they didn't share their name, they shared that story. And that in itself was like uh, a unique identifier enough to say, Oh, they're talking about this person. Right. Or uh, they, they, they put that person's face on it and they only shared the tidbits of information that made uh, themselves Mm -hmm. look good. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we can spill on that all year long. <laughs> we we can yeah. have like a whole mm-hmm. a whole separate series podcast about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um so I mean well now say someone is looking for a resource such as yourselves, like or specifically you, where can they find you? Um, I'll start. So they can find me on the Instagram at aviation.therapist. Um, if you want to email me, my email is flightdeckcommunity at gmail.com. And then I do have a website. You can imagine it might be a little vague, but it's there. Um, and that's going to be flightdeckcommunity.com. So those are kind of like the access points. You can send me an email through the website um, or you know DM me on Instagram or do the gmail thing that is where you can find me and i can be found um also on instagram as pilot.nutritionist and my website is true course nutrition and you know if anyone's listening today i would i definitely hope that you have noticed that we're, we are friendly faces you know just behind the internet so please send us a message get into a chat tell us what your situation is and just you know, know that it's going to be a safe space for you. Yeah, anything else to add on anything MVP or any last, uh, any last go backs, save rounds? <laughs> no, no go backs. I appreciate you both coming on and, and giving us your professional guidance. Um, it's, it's really, really nice to hear, you know, the, the truths and such from um, certified professionals as yourself. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. I'd also like to say, um, I know this is like a veteran organization. Thank you guys for what you do. Um, and as well as, you know, keeping airplanes running. I know you mentioned y'all are kind of the behind the scenes, but aviation would not exist with you guys. And I, I just want to like give a shout out, you know, to the industry because uh, we would not be able to go where we want to without you. So thank you very much. Quite welcome. Keep yeah. doing what we're doing. <laughs> and uh, thank you everyone else out there for all that you do i mean we say it time and again especially of our posts but 
here to say it again one more time. Like we thank each and every single one of you for all that you do, for all the hardships you endure. And to our two experts, our guests here, I mean, these are yet, these are all but two resources that you can reach out to. Please, by all means, like reach out to them or so, or someone in, in a similar uh, licensed field for any sort of issues you may have. I mean, it's, I'd rather rather you risk uh, feeling embarrassed than you uh, risking yourself and possibly creating a mishap like passing out on the flight deck or mm-hmm. uh, being one of those I should have died stories. Let's please not have that. I'd rather not. And ladies, once again, thank you so much for coming. Uh, we definitely would love to have you again for an episode. If and for all those out there, if you have any sort of questions that we would like to ha- you would like to have answered or whatnot. Please feel free to DM them or DM us. Uh, catch us on all the social media links, our Gmail, our, our Discord, for instance. Those are like the best ways to get a hold of us and to our guests. And let us know what you think. Uh, did we miss something? Is there something you want to elaborate more? We can totally make a whole other episode on this. We can make this a recurring thing or even a newsletter thing. I mean, we, are, we ourselves learned so much five minutes before the episode even started and our minds were just blown out out into the skyline. I mean, <laughs> me, myself, especially. <laughs> and I feel like uh, everyone listening, there's a lot of stuff that was said that, put, I mean, it probably wasn't even put into their head until uh, we started talking about it. I mean, us ourselves, especially like with uh, 9 to 10 a.m. sunlight. I mean, I never thought that was a thing. <laughs> to 9 to 11. 9 to 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, 9 to 11. Yes. Unless you live in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> then it's 12 to 12. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't know. That's, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. Like, it's just never sitting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, once again, ladies, thank you so much for coming. And everyone listening, please reach out to a source such as them. Hit us up on all our links if you have any questions for us or if you would like us to do something like this once again. On that note, thank you all for listening and we'll see you all again next time. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.